Welcome to the Only Ways Up podcast. I'm Rebecca Pesh and each week I will be introducing you to amazing women who have moved to Israel from all over the world. They have started businesses, nonprofits, blogs, wellness clinics, and so much more. I want to share with you these inspirational stories of career changes, surviving, family life, dating advice, and personal development. Each episode will focus on a different subject matter to help you realize that everyone had some hardships after immigrating, but they have managed to overcome them to be successful and make positive changes to their lives. Whatever your life goals are, they can become possible here in Israel. Nomi Reed studied fine arts at the Ontario College of Art and Design in Toronto and started taking baking and cake decorating courses on the side as a different creative outlet since she's always loved baking. After graduating, she decided to move to London where she studied à la Cordon Bleu. While studying, she began working as a pastry chef in the Tate Modern Museum, creating pastries and desserts for the cafes and restaurants in both the Tate Modern and Tate Britain museums. Shortly after, she was offered a job at Nobu Bakery and after her first year, she was awarded the Pastry Chef of the Year for Nobu's London's restaurants. After her visa came to the end, she moved to New York and was offered a position at 11 Madison Park as a pastry chef. After not receiving a visa for the US, she returned to Toronto and began working as a pastry chef at a restaurant called Luma and soon became the head pastry chef. She opened a custom cakes and dessert business of her own in Toronto called Rock Desserts Co through which she was lucky enough to create custom desserts and sweet tables for Tiffany & Co. and had her work features in luxury bridal magazine called Wedlock. She came to visit friends and family here in Israel to, for a change of scenery and a bit of fresh air and while she was here she decided she really loved it and wanted to stay. She moved here two months later in August 2017. She wanted a totally fresh start and to try something new so she signed up to be a participant on Israel Experience Israel by Design program and interned at the David Intercontinental Hotel in Tel Aviv at their conferences and banqueting department. She was an events manager. It was a great experience and allowed her to get a sense of Tel Aviv, meet new people and start to adapt to life in Israel. After the program, she made the decision that she wanted to stay and make Aliyah, which she did through Nefesh Benefesh in April 2018. Since making Aliyah, she started and grew her own business. She's gotten engaged and started to build a life here and couldn't be happier. Today on The Only Way Is Up, we have Nomi Reese, who originally came from Toronto, Canada, and now she made Aliyah. So welcome, Nomi. Thank you. So the first question is, why did you make Aliyah? How long have you been here for? So yeah, I've been here for almost two years. Um, I had a bit of a crazy story. I was living in England and moved back to Toronto and Toronto just wasn't doing it for me. It, personal life, business life, everything, I just decided it was time to get out of there. Um, and I had come to visit family and friends here and I just something told me that this was the place. So I picked up and I came here and that's and it. here you are. Here I am, yeah. Had you ever been here before? I had. I've come many times. I lived here for a year, like 10 years ago, maybe 11 years ago now. I went to seminary for a year. And, uh, As yeah. did I. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. I think many people that I meet and I would never imagine, but yeah. So, so yeah, I've been here a lot. I have a family that's lived here for years, so yeah. So. Did you learn Hebrew? 
Or have you learned Hebrew since you yeah. got here? I learned Hebrew my whole life. I mean, I went to a Jewish day school that was half day Hebrew and half day English. Right. So I pretty much was always surrounded by it. But once I came here, I kind of had to actually put it into action or use. So that was a different experience. But yeah, I wouldn't say I'm fluent by any means, but definitely. Ah, so you use it. <laughs> yeah. So we've all had our ups and downs since making Aliyah. Yes. So I would love you to tell our listeners the first time you really realized you were living in Israel, you had a challenge, and how did you overcome it? It's a very good question. <laughs> um, I feel like there were many moments where I felt like, wow, it was a sudden realization because in the beginning I felt like I was still sort of on vacation. Um, but I think the first time that I moved apartments was when I actually felt like I lived here. I had to deal with Israeli landlords. I had to kind of deal with all of those things by myself. Um, and I didn't really deal with it by myself because my fiance, who was my boyfriend at the time, really kind of stepped up for me because I'm definitely very Canadian and not tough <laughs> at all. So, <laughs> so I don't know if I battled it on my own, but it definitely gave me an experience to move forward with. But yeah. yeah signing on an apartment for your first time here <laughs> yeah, it's so hard so hard I yeah. know and I feel like I you know if it was in English and I knew what I was reading 100% it would feel more oh, yeah. you don't know, worry yeah. you'll never know what you're signing <laughs> I know it's sign. true. <laughs> yeah cool exactly what do you love about living in Israel um I love the weather <laughs> and honestly people are difficult sometimes it's very very different from Canada and England where I've lived but uh I also think as difficult as people can be, they're also very warm and you don't get that everywhere. So I really like that it really feels like almost like one big family when you're here. So I think it's nice. So you had an amazing career all over the world in London, New York and back in Toronto Toronto, as well as a baker. Yeah, pastry chef. Pastry chef. Mm Um, and then you moved to Israel and now you've started your own business. Yes, I have. Yeah. Which is called? I call it by my own name. It's just Nomi Reese Custom Desserts. So, so yeah. <laughs> how did it start? How did you bring all your work experience yeah. and everything to Israel and also open a business here? Start sure. everything. Um, it started from a place of, I, as much as I lived in, in cool places and I really had amazing experiences, uh, the being the pastry chef was the experience that I had. I had no experience outside of work because it took over my life. I loved every minute of it, but it was 18-hour days craziness. So here I kind of said, you know what, I'm in a different stage, I'm in a new place, I want to actually experience life here. So I figured or I found that the only way to do that would be to have my own business, kind of try and at least control my schedule and have a little bit of power over my life. Um, So I kind of decided that that this was the time. I had started a business in Toronto, but it was just getting going when I decided to leave. Um, So this was, I had a little bit of experience, but this was really my jumping in point. So I just uh, tried to network and find the contacts I needed and uh, it was, Easier than expected because there's Facebook groups for that. Yeah, but uh, yeah, but it was it went pretty well, I think. <laughs> and people have seen you being advertised and asked you to make cakes. Yeah, and... yeah. I I think that one thing about Israel that's amazing is that Facebook has this amazing power. In everywhere else that I've been, I didn't find that it had that same power. Maybe because it's a smaller group of people that you're talking about. But you know, on Facebook, 
people recommend or they, you know, if someone asks for something, everybody sort of jumps in and, and I find that that's the way that I get a lot of business. So it's really nice. And most of your people, the people that come to you, Anglos or Israelis? Yes. I was actually just talking about this the other day. I get both, um, but I find that maybe it's my insecurities. I find that when I have Israelis who contact me, because I think I find it more difficult to communicate with them, I think that in some way I sort of push them away or just sort right. of <laughs> they they don't come to me as much as the Anglos do because I don't have a, an ease with like communicating and finding out what they want so right. yeah <laughs> but how would you expand to that how would you try and get Israeli clients um I mean, I'm already trying. Basically, through people that I know, um, they'll make connections with Israeli clients, and then I kind of, it's a lot of it's me. I think I have to just be more confident in my Hebrew and my putting myself out there. So I think I would also just start reaching out to more Israeli Facebook groups or just yeah. making an effort in that area. You not helps. only make amazing birthday cakes which I saw online, <laughs> but you. you also do like dessert tables and do, yeah. things like that. Yeah. So for any events you have? Any events, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, I like the sweet tables, they're fun. Yeah, so. they're cool. Yeah. Explain a little about opening a business in Israel. Sure. Uh, especially like a small business that's mm -hmm. under your name. Yeah. So uh, I'm in these Facebook groups for women in business, <laughs> also right. the entrepreneurs, um, and I just asked around if anyone had recommendations of an accountant. That was the big one because I didn't know where to start with setting up a business, setting up any tax things, and I didn't want to find myself <laughs> in trouble later. So it was really about, I found an accountant, and then I started to slowly find other uh, contacts for different resources and different things. So it was slow, but I got there. <laughs> <laughs> you also worked in the David Intercontinental in Tel Aviv yes. as an events manager. Yes. But then you decided to go back to being a... Right. <laughs> so you didn't enjoy that or you just, it wasn't for you? It wasn't what I think I had imagined it was going to be. Um, it was an internship. So first of all, I think it was a lot of hours for, you know, almost no, no compensation money. pretty much. Um, so that was difficult. And I think that I, I've always loved event planning and the design and all of that because I think any creative kind of always has their hands in everything. They love everything. I mean, speaking for myself, but, and people I hear from, but um, I wanted to try it out, but it ended up being more of a conferences and banqueting, kind of keeping a watchful eye on everything and not really being involved in any creative aspects of it. So from that perspective, I didn't enjoy it. Um, and I also think that I really love pastry. Yeah. <laughs> and even when I was doing it and the hours were crazy, I loved every minute of it. And this was not... What you it's like the same hours for less enjoyment so yeah <laughs> yeah I then that. I kind of knew that, that my real calling was pastry and had to go back so how did you first start baking and <laughs> decide that this is what you wanted to do um I mean I've been baking since I was a child I think I've always loved it and as growing up I was it was always a therapeutic outlet for me when I was studying for exams or anything it was just what I went to um, and then I studied fine art and while I was doing that I started taking cake decorating courses on the side just as another outlet. Um, and then when it came time to decide what to do for a master's or after my bachelor's, 
I was about to go into museum studies and then everyone around me was kind of like, why are you not going into this pastry? Like, you clearly love it, you're clearly good at it, so why would you go and, you know, see about something else that you're not sure about? So I kind of decided that was the time to just take the leap and, yeah. And you did it. I did it. <laughs> and it's obviously a lot of work. It's tons of work, yeah. <laughs> How did you see when you were working the David Continental, Intercontinental? how the events are run in comparison to the U.S. and the U.K. Even though you weren't in the event side, you obviously saw how yes, things yeah. were run. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely had a hand in everything, or I was definitely watching over everything. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Truthfully, I think there's just a different level of finesse, maybe you would call it, from here to the Europe or the U.S. or Canada. And it's not always a bad thing, but I think that there was a huge gap in what I was used to to what I was seeing. So I think that that also played a part in my just not enjoying being there. Um, but you know what? It was a great experience. I met amazing people. I really, I think I learned a lot and I got my feet on the ground here and I really was able to kind of settle in that time. But uh, yeah, it was just different. Did you ever think of working in a hotel here and being a pastry chef, or you always wanted to open on your own? <laughs> I never once thought about it. They really? actually asked me when I went to the David and Constantinople for the first time. Um, they looked at my resume and they said, why do you want to do events? Please come and work as a pastry chef. And I said, no. no? <laughs> yeah, because I already knew the hours and I think yeah. I enjoy the restaurant environment, but I know what it takes to work in a hotel and it's a totally different beast. So I said, you know. No. <laughs> so you started on yeah. your own. <laughs> exactly. How can you expand the business that you have now? Like how can, how do you see it going forward? So at the moment I'm trying to uh, get into more events and kind of larger, larger things. Um, as much as I love making birthday cakes, I think it's great. It's so much fun to be able to custom design things. Um, but I'd love to do it on a larger scale and hopefully be able to reach more businesses and things like that. So. That's the goal. <laughs> what do you love about your interactions with your clients? Do you like to creatively decide on different things or you have a menu and they just say, I want this, I want this, I want this, or do, do people come with you for, with ideas? So it, that's actually interesting. I, it's where I find it's a little bit um, sometimes challenging and sometimes amazing. I don't have a menu because I find that everybody sort of has different ideas of what they want. Um, sometimes people will come to me with a picture of something I've made before and then it's easy because I say, okay, great, you know, I can do that and we can change the size or slight like details. Yeah. Um, sometimes people know exactly what they want and they just come to me and lay it out and some people say, I have an idea, can you come up with some ideas for me? And that's really fun because then I get to be creative. Yeah. But uh, I like that I don't have a set menu because I think that as much as it makes things more challenging a little bit for me, I like the, the different things that I'm making all the time, it's more creative. And, Where do you yeah. do everything? So I have a space right now. Um, in the beginning, I worked out of my sister's kitchen, which was crazy, yeah. <laughs> really getting myself you know, going. But uh, now I have a small space, and I'm hoping to find they just started, I saw they started a kitchen incubator somewhere in Rishon. Wow. So I'm hoping that that will work out because that's like a really great way to expand. It's really hard to expand when you don't have industrial size yeah. and everything. So, yeah. How do you make sure that each one of your dessert tables look unique? So like, how do you make sure that you're not just doing the same thing over and over again. Because obviously for social media as well, you want it to be photographed and you don't right. want people to go, oh, she only does that. Right, exactly. 
Um, I mean, it's hard because sometimes I think if people come with a picture that they've seen, either of something that I've done or something they've seen online, it's hard to make things different because, you know, they have an idea and I want to give them exactly what they what have they in mind. Yeah. So it is tough, but I think every time it's always slightly different. Even if it's the same design, it always comes out a little bit different. And, you know, there's different details that people want included. So I never find that I've ever made something exactly the same, you know, the second yeah. time around. Uh, in our Israelis, even when you are able to speak to the Israelis and you yeah. get them, to, are they interested in this type of way of baking now? Because there's kind of a big difference in the way that they are used to and yeah. the way that the rest of Europe and the US and Toronto are. So right. now are they moving, do you feel that they're moving forward with? Definitely. Um, I think something I found, there's very specific things that I find Israelis really like that are different from what Europeans or Americans like. Um, I find that they're one to two years behind the trends everywhere, you know, so yeah. everything that I've seen years ago, I now see people coming to me and saying, whoa, this is so cool, like, can you yeah. make this? And I'm like, wow, I haven't seen anybody ask for this in two years, basically. Um, but yeah, I find that Americans are a little bit, uh, or Europeans, they're more into kind of the elaborate design yeah. and Israelis really like things that taste amazing but maybe are not as like I don't want to say I'm not as polished because I think they not as delicate things. maybe yeah exactly it's just a different style um, and it's interesting to see what different people like so is it harder to bake here because of the difference of ingredients in the beginning, it was very difficult. Yeah, how yeah. did you get used to it? I don't know. I had to sort of play around. I had to search high and low for things that I thought I was never going to find. And some things I found and some things I had to just, you know, experiment and figure out a new way to do it. So it's been <laughs> a learning curve, I don't know, a challenge. But it, it's now I think I've, I've got it down. So Have you got people to bring you out all your things? Yes. <laughs> Every time people come from Canada, I have people bringing, you know, different ingredients or just utensils and things yeah. that I cannot find so yeah what's your definition of success I used to want to be like number one in the world you know that was my goal when I used to work in these restaurants I wanted to just keep going higher and higher and higher until I was like at the top um, since then I think maybe it's <laughs> maybe it's maturity or maybe it's just you know after a long time of doing it um, now my definition of success is just being able to keep doing what I do and love it and, you know, be able to support myself and my family and all that. That's really it. I don't want <laughs> all the other craziness, but yeah. What have been your biggest successes since you made Aliyah? Uh, I don't know. I guess, I guess starting this business yeah. and actually getting it running and, you know, having clients. Yeah. <laughs> in the beginning, I thought, who's going to want to order from me? And maybe I'll just be sitting at home by myself, like waiting for people <laughs> and that's it. But as yeah. yours. Has your business or your clients definitely come more through social media and word of mouth, or is it 50-50? How do you feel that it happens? I say now it's uh, definitely mainly through social media. I guess, I guess word of mouth. In the beginning, I have an older sister who's lived here for almost 15 years. So she has a, a wider network of friends and you know coworkers. So in the beginning, really, she was <laughs> the one who really helped me get things moving. Yeah. And and slowly, slowly through her friends and then their friends and putting it out there, it just grew. And now I find it's just through social media and yeah, word of mouth. Yeah. Word of mouth. Yeah. What are you most grateful for? I don't know. I guess so many things, but. Uh, 
I guess my family here and, and my friends, but yeah, my family was huge support for me. So I don't think I'd be anywhere near where I am now here if it wasn't for them. What have you learned about yourself since moving here? That I can be tough. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure lots of people would say that I'm still not, but I think that I've definitely toughened up since moving here. So I was definitely much more polite and quiet <laughs> before. But <laughs> Do you have any regrets since moving here? Um, no, I don't think so. I think I'm pretty happy with the decision and everything. So, yeah. Is there anyone in the pastry world that is a big inspiration to you who taught you or you look up to them and think oh I can take some great ideas from them or people in Israel who are doing the same thing um, I mean I'm always sort of keeping an eye on what's going on out there you know on Instagram and just everywhere um, I mean in terms of who taught me when I started I was in England like studying at the Cordon Bleu and I started working at a restaurant like Nobu there and I was there for <laughs> I was there for two years and I really my the head pastry chef at the time my boss like I credit him with everything <laughs> because he was so patient with me I had just started studying pastry like I really knew nothing and he was just so incredibly patient and he literally just taught me everything wow. that I know yeah so it was really yeah I guess I would credit him with most of it <laughs> <laughs> when you're not baking what is your guilty pleasure? Honestly, I like to sit at home and watch movies. <laughs> that is it. Good. Yeah. So I'm sure we've often thought through the times and the hardships and the challenges yeah. about maybe not, maybe returning to Canada in your case, yeah. um, or wondered what our life would have been like if we hadn't made Aliyah. So what sure. do you think your life would have been like, how your parallel life would have continued? It's a good question. I mean, I think, I always think about this, but I think because not necessarily moving from Toronto to Israel, but before I moved back to Toronto, I was on this one trajectory sort of, you know, working in Michelin star restaurants was supposed to be continuing on that path and then it sort of all got derailed, just visa issues. So I often fantasize about what my life would have been like had that kind of panned out. Because um, I think I would have continued on that circuit, you know, in the, the restaurants. I think I would have burnt out eventually, so yeah. I don't think it was for the worst. But um, that's often where the fantasy lies. And being here, I think I've just shifted the way that I think about things and the way I see them. And I think I'm, I'm happy to be here. And I think I'm trying not even to think of what my life would have been like had I not been here. Because who knows? <laughs> You're still a newbie. It's yeah, exactly. <laughs> So for my final question, sure. Israel isn't always perfect, no. <laughs> and I'm sure you're missing things from Toronto that you would love to be here. So I was wondering if you were to build a city from scratch with everything that you wanted, what would be the first building you would put in the city, the first law you would pass, mm -hmm. and the people you would bring with you? First building I would put in the city, it's really a tough one, but I honestly always feel like I just want a Walmart, one <laughs> store I can walk into and buy everything I need. I feel like I spend half of my time walking or driving around looking at, you know, 10 stores for everything I need where I could go into one. Um, a law I would pass. I think the thing that kills me the most, that I miss the most about Canada and England, just orderliness. I don't know, people lining up and, and being respectful of, of just, I don't know, each other. 
Not that people are not always, but you know, <laughs> no, I it's difficult it. to get used to. Um, and yeah, I guess like a standard, I, I would bring my, my family that isn't here, I guess. So. <laughs> so this is your time to pimp yourself out. Where can everybody find you? Tell everyone your links, your Instagram, your Facebook, sure. website if you have. Sure. So it's all very easy. The website is nomireese.com. So it's N-O-M-I-R-E-I-S-S.com. Uh, Instagram is the same, just at nomireese. And I have a Facebook page, and it's under nomireese custom sweet tables. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. And he did. Thank you for listening to the Only Ways Up podcast. And thank you again to my guest today. I would love to hear from you, my listeners. What inspired you from this episode? What did you like and what would you like to hear more about? You can tweet us at Only Ways Up Pod. You can comment on one of the posts on the Instagram page at Only Ways Up Podcast. Or you can send us an email to onlywaysuppodcast at gmail.com. Your feedback is really important. Please, if you haven't done so already, and it should only take a minute, rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts. This will help to continue the success and bring you more content. If you loved the episode today, why not share it on your Instagram stories? You can take a picture, tag a friend, and we can increase the amount of listeners. Thank you again, and remember, the only way is up. <laughs>